This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Steve Hilliard. Our guest this week is Lars Faustmann, Digital Transformation Manager for HP in Europe. With much having been written and said about the future of work, I spoke recently to Lars about the specific issues that HP is focusing on relative to technology, in particular, the currency of the future, data. So Lars, good afternoon and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I noticed that you've been with HP quite quite some time, I think almost 17 years, is that correct? That is correct. I realized as well, you know, time's flying. When you're, when you're having fun, of course, yeah. So uh, what, what, what took you to HP? And just very quickly, because a lot of people uh, that listen to this podcast regularly won't know you, just talk us very quickly through your you know, rise through the ranks of HP and tell us about what you're up to now. So, so thanks for this question and thanks for the invite, uh, Steve, uh, for being with you today. So to answer this question, actually the dot-com bubble at the end uh, 2004 made me changing from a very small software development company, which got bankrupt at that point in time. And I thought, okay, let's go to the other end. So, and that, you know, at that time there was an opening at HP and the finance team. I stopped in finance and then I went through different positions, uh, sales operations, uh, category, uh, marketing, sales as a sales manager uh, and that was i think in 2017 when or 2018 when we met so and with that uh, right now i ended again in marketing sales as a cross-functional position uh, in digital marketing and i'm happy to to be with you today um, so your current role is um, Digital Marketing Transformation Manager, which is a, a typical HP job title, extraordinarily long. What, uh, what exactly does that mean in, in, um, you know, in, in, in uh, simple English for uh, our audience out there? It means that I'm caring about a program where we help our channel partners to transform their current marketing practices uh, into um, account-based marketing role uh, so therefore digital marketing transformation um, and and I'm running a program uh, that enables those uh, these kind of account-based marketing campaigns in the channel okay um, I also notice um, on your LinkedIn profile that you're a, a member of the Association of Professional Futurists which uh, I did a little bit of research on that it looks like a very interesting uh, organization tell us a bit about how you um, came to get involved with that and you know how does that inform your work with hp so i started my standard education uh, in business administration and after five years in business i realized i want to deep dive into a specialization and i looked around what what could this be and i was really inspired by a futurist at the conference and talking about possible, plausible scenarios uh, of how futures could evolve. And I found this a very interesting subject. So I started um, an uh, online master program, an evening master program um, between 2011 and 2014. And then 
uh, I was so fascinated by that by that program that I said, you know, this is something I really want to deep dive. And then I joined this um, association of um, uh, professional futurists because I wanted to stay always in connection with this with this topic. Because at the end, there's always a question that where in whatever situation you are, whether it's a personal situation or a professional situation, is um, you need to look a little bit forward and see how our organizations, companies, your own life, how is it evolving? How is it shaped by external influences? And what possible plausible futures exist? And how can you design your future, right? So what can you do different to drive towards a more desired uh, future and that's that's the essence of a, of a futurology study program and that's what people are busy in this um, association so and i think this applies to everything we do here right so we want to shape the future we want to shape the way how um, our customers can better consume our products the way how we are as an organization perceived and so therefore i find this a very relevant study program Absolutely, sounds very interesting. Uh, it's, it's a pity some of these um, futurists hadn't uh, forecast this pandemic that we've been having. That would uh, might, might have made us a bit more prepared for it. But I think we'll we'll, we'll know next time. <laughs> so um, I, I know that one of your um, key uh, interests is is data and, and also the, the sort of future of work, which is a big subject for our industry at the moment. So yeah, when you think about the future of work, yeah, and of course I mean uh, in the context of technology, what comes to your mind? So if you think about future and of work and technology, obviously the first thing that comes is all the collaboration technology those days, right? Zoom, Teams, uh, but this is not new, right? So when I started HP, we, we started with NetMeeting. So this is 17 years ago and um, it's in evolution. But when I think about future of work and technology, it goes more than the collaboration piece. So I think about... Um, a, data-driven sales, and B, uh, the whole topic of process automation and robotics. Because I think these two elements will even further um, impact the way we work than I think what the collaboration technology is doing and has done in the past. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the tools that you just referred to, like uh, Zoom and Teams and GoToMeeting and many others, you know, have been around for, for quite some time. We, we just all had to uh, rapidly adopt them uh, when we were absolutely forced to, you know, four, 14 months ago. Um, you know, of, of these um, kind of technologies that you just referred to, um, you know, which do you think is likely to be the most significant in terms of, you know, driving our future, driving the future of work, the future of business? I think it's uh, the data, everything around data, because I, I would say data, and it's also not a new phrase, right? The data is the currency of the future. I think it's very true. Yeah, so the whole idea or that data will drive the customer experience, the way how we interact with our customers uh, makes this for me the number one driver. And if you want to look a little bit deeper into that if you do some research uh you know for instance accenture has shown that about 75 percent of the customers 
will are more likely to buy from you or buy from brands where they had the recent recent purchase experience and right recommendations. So the point of delivering hyper-relevant, immediate human and unexpected purchase experiences is vital uh, for the success of companies. So therefore, those four elements are fueled by data. So therefore, data, I think, is really the, uh, the currency of the future. Uh, I guess anyone that works at Amazon would probably be sitting there nod- nodding their heads right now. I mean, that sounds very much like the, uh, as much as you know, a lot of the people listening to this don't want to hear this, but that sounds very much like the Amazon you know, consumer experience. That's 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 true. That's, but but I think if we if we look at um, and it's not just Amazon, right? It's uh, look at the, the big purchasing marketplaces, but even smaller websites, which I just recently purchased. For instance, my out my outdoor gear. They are they are perfectly mimicking my purchase behavior, and they are reminding me. So very successfully, right, of the products I could basically buy. And, and because I opted in, right, I find it very interesting. And they do it in a very decent way. And I think with that, the, the customer experience, right, that I have with this brand um, is, is very intense. And, and I, was, I wouldn't have called myself a person who is very appealing to that. But once I realized with this brand, they are doing it par excellence. And this, this is not a, a big a brand like Amazon, but, but they really manage my customer, um, my customer data. They, they manage my interests and they respond to my, uh, uh, to my interest. And I think that I find it fascinating. Um, I think we're going to touch on the subject of uh, of customer data actually a, a little bit later on. But you know, sticking with this this theme of you know data being the currency of the future, um, you know, it, just try and put that into context. You know, for example, um, you know, how will that help HP evolve uh, in terms of their customer experience? How will it help you know maybe resellers listening to this uh, podcast in terms of evolving their you know sales and sales initiatives? Uh, thank you for that question. And uh, I think at HP, we, we need to do it, we instrumentalize it or we, we, make, we institutionalize it, right? So we want to make it a, a program because uh, this whole customer experience, huh, but also data sharing that goes along with that uh, requires a framework. And obviously, privacy is, is absolutely key. And we're talking about it probably later. Um, but in order to drive and to make impact sales, Merchandising and marketing—it's—it's it's really important that we understand who are our customers, what are they purchasing, and how we drive recommendations. And for that, we have um, developed an program, a, cha- a channel program called HP Amplify. If you would Google it, you will find it, and uh, it explains um, in itself that. HP is, it has a collaboration program yeah? and this HP is levering um, data-driven insights to help channel partners assess their business, develop the, the joint business plans, invest in marketing, share customer and sales insights. So, and when we do this as part of this Amplify program, for instance, uh, partners uh, can get recommendations on the print side for a renewal 
or optimization recommendations. So in other words, if, you, if, if resellers sell products to their end customers, we at HP, we can give recommendations to channel partners on what they should, what they can sell to their end customers. Why? Because instead of going to a large catalog of products, we can analyze the purchase history that channel partners have with their end customers and simply provide them recommendations, very specific recommendations, which allows them to then market based on consent, obviously, uh, to their end customers, those recommendations. Okay. Um, I don't need to Google Amplify, Lars, because it's, um, you know, it's all over social media at the moment. If you read, uh, you know, certain, certain channel publications and, pub, uh, and media, um, there is, you know, some would say quite understandably, you know, some concern among, you know, your, your, what you would call channel partners um, around this issue of, 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 of privacy. Um, you've already mentioned that, you know, data is the currency of the future um, and, you know, usage or consumption patterns, you know, resellers would potentially argue that that's their data, that's their currency. Uh, and, and why would they share it with HP? They would share it simply that we enhance it and give it back to them. It's not that we are using it, yeah, but we enhance them uh, with certain technologies where, which are not available to channel partners, and then they market to, to, to their end customers. I think this is one of the key elements of the specific program I'm running. I don't want to market to the end customers. I want to give the channel partners the recommendations or the ammunition to market more effectively and specifically to their end customers. Okay. HP you know, have a number of programs which enables you know, your organization to sell directly to consumers uh, as well as you know, work, working through channel partners. So again, I, I guess the same sort of question. You can understand why some resellers might have, you know, have some concerns. Um, but I guess we weren't, we weren't you know, coming on this um, podcast conversation to talk necessarily about Amplify, but it is a good example of, uh, you know, of, of the use of data in terms of, of driving the future. Yeah, how happy will you be if um, you only get a, you know, a mod modest percentage of your partners signing up to this program? To come back to this beginning of the question, I think, you know, that what we can, what we have shared with our partners is obviously a clear governance model, right? What we are going to do with the, da with the data and whatnot, right? And the key is really, they give it, we enhance it, that's it. Yes, and, and you're right, right? So we don't expect everybody to, to join that program. Uh, also, we would love to. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm certainly not here, the, the person who is qualified to, to comment uh, about this. But uh, I think the, the offer we are giving here to our channel partners is, um, is the collaboration of you know, this data exchange to enable them to market better to their customers. Okay. Can you give us any sort of practical examples of exactly how you might, might enhance the data? You know, what, what, what impact on, on mm -hmm. um, consumer experience do you think you could have um, in terms of mm -hmm. enhancing the data that the reseller perhaps couldn't do on their own? So <clears throat> let's, stay with, let's stick with this example, right, that I, that I started to elaborate. Right? So you are, you are buying a printer as an end customer and 
maybe you realize or you don't realize, you know, that you have this printer already for five years and uh, <clears throat> you, you hear about security breaches everywhere. And uh, how happy would be would you be if your reseller comes to you and tells you, look, uh, you know, in our collaboration with HP, we are realizing that you have purchased that would be the, the, the partner's communication to the end customer. You have, you're owning a printer, which is older than five years. And um, there are opportunities for you to optimize your printing, A, from a security perspective and B, from a sustainability, I mean, from an environmental sustainability perspective uh, and even from a cost per page per, per, uh, perspective, from a speed perspective. So your whole printing experience can be enhanced by upgrading to this new model. The partner would need to, in order to design this message, the partner would need to spend a lot of time and energy to understand all our models, the sales history, because just an example, right? So one cartridge that fits into one printers, there are many different cues. Yeah? So double packs, multi-packs, high yield, low yield. And, and all of those cartridges uh, have different yields. To combine that and to do an analysis on that, uh, it, it's not straightforward. Yeah? You don't do it on the back of an envelope. I'm not saying it's rocket science, but it requires some, uh, some time that usually channel partners don't have. And, and here uh, we want to provide this service to the channel partner that they benefit from us analyzing their sales transaction data on supplies and hardware, and then giving a personalized recommendation based on the usage behavior and the patterns, and maybe even marketing data if there's consent given. Right? So intent data, third-party data, provided consent is given, uh, uh, then, then we could give this as a feedback and as a very specific recommendation, uh, which otherwise would not be possible or you know you would basically doom the end customer to find the right model under many alternatives okay fascinating i, I want to go back to something you said at the beginning and you were talking about sort of uh, robotics ai process automation i mean how, how relevant is this subject when we think about sales and marketing outside of a manufacturing environment i think again right use one of the big examples go to amazon zalando or even smaller websites uh, nowadays, right? And try to find the contact button or the customer service button. What you get is a, it's a chatbot, but you need to type your search string and then you get a list of answers, which sometimes meaningful, sometimes not so meaningful. Huh? So uh, in essence, the basic chatbots those days, uh, they can at least, communicate to you the menu items that you anyway, anyway find in your navigation button. But the more we advance in this subject of robotics, automation, natural language processing, the more complex will be the answers that those chatbots can give. Now, when you as a consumer usually try to access customer service, you have a more complex problem. So in most cases, when I try these chatbots i'm a little bit disappointed because they don't answer so you anyway go back and you're routed back to a human colleague but what we i think i'm telling this little story because we see here again a trend right a trend that where we try to automate 
the standard processes. You know, we called it FAQ in the past. Yeah. Now we we are basically creating um, instead of large large community uh, FAQ documents. Right, we are creating these chatbots to give specific answers. And the more advanced these technologies are, the more responsibilities are taken over. If you extend this a little bit into the future, right? It's not just FAQs or service calls that are being managed. You can think about work processes, financial processes, business management processes that could be orchestrated or automated by these uh, by these robot by these robotic uh, processes. And, and that obviously has a significant way impact on the way how we are going to work. Okay. So put your your futurist hat on. I mean, how do you think all of this uh, technology, data, or artificial intelligence, chatbots? I mean, yeah. how is this all going to play out? What, we, what sort of impact do you think this will have on the office supplies, computer supplies, channel industry in the course of the next five years or so? So the first answer would be uh, when you think about data, right? It's only as good as the underlying data that you get, that you process, right? So I think the, whenever I look into these kind of real life examples, we realize we have a big chunk of work to do to get our data right, right? In our backend systems, in our historical systems. And it's not just something that is for the office product industry, but I think a generic thing. If we look more into, into the office supplies industry or the office product industry, I think we will, we will see people from a marketing perspective, right, exactly doing this, right? So trying to personalize their, their campaigns in order to make sure people can consume the products in a, in a personalized way. So I think this is really a, a trend that I that I would even see in, in the way how we sell pens and papers. You know, we, we see it with, uh, you know, with all the, the pandemic situation, yeah? so that uh, the demand uh, work from home situation is fueling personalization, which at the end is uh, fueled by data. And I think that is an opportunity for, for the industry to respond uh, to to these uh, to these needs in a in a very specific way uh, that they that they have not been uh, before and so and what I realized is uh, myself what I miss most in my own work life is the creative processes of people being in one room brainstorming working with the pen and paper I think that that, that will remain right but we were going to transfer these learnings that we have in conference rooms moving forward we'll transfer it back into our virtual digital lives and and use it to to drive these campaigns that we that we do right which are digital excellent Lars I think we'll uh, we'll leave that there give us a lot of food for thought very uh, a very different conversation than the ones that we typically have for these these podcasts so I thank you very much for joining me today and yeah look forward to seeing whether your vision of the future evolves as you think it will so thank you thank you Steve uh, for for the invitation for the possibility to talk today I appreciated the conversation thank you for listening to this episode of OPI talk please join us again next week for another show in the meantime, though, as always, you can keep up to date with all the latest news and developments in the business products industry via our website, opi.net, or the wonderfully simple OPI app. 
Just search for OPI Magazine in the App Store or on Google Play.